Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out Care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. My friends at MyPillow, my buddy Mike Lindell, told me he was coming out with a brand new product. It's called the New Mattress Topper. So I got the New Mattress Topper immediately, and I've been sleeping on it now for a couple of months. It's the best thing you've ever felt in your life. Now, you literally have MyPillow Foam for Support. It's a transitional foam that helps relieve pressure points. And it's ultra soft, patented temperature regulating cover. And I got to tell you, it has a 10-year warranty, a cover that's washable and dryable. It's made in the USA, backed by their 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee. Once you try this new mattress topper, you put it right over your mattress, you will never sleep better. And right now, you, my radio listeners, you're going to save 30% off when you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code TOPPER. And by the way, Mike will also give you two standard MyPillows absolutely free. All right, so try MyPillow.com promo code TOPPER, promo code TOPPER for this great deal and the best night's sleep you ever had. All right, it's almost game time. Four days to go. The biggest, most important midterm election in your life. I've told you the three possible results. One is a giddy, happy media speaker-elect Pelosi, Senate majority-elect Schumer. That's not going to be good. Okay. Or the media freaks out. They lose it. Republicans pick up a lot of Senate seats. They hold the House. They'll go nuts. That would be so worth the price of admission. Or a split decision where Republicans hold on to the Senate. More important uh, than the House, in my opinion, by a long shot. And I can explain it. Uh, And maybe the Democrats edge out a win in the House. I hope that's not the case. That's what conventional wisdom says. These polls at this point mean nothing to me. It matters whether you decide 
you want the success of the last two years to continue because that's what it is coming down to. New poll that does matter. Double-digit landslide majority. The American people support President Trump's decision to defend our borders, deploy troops to the southern border, stop the caravan of illegal immigrants from getting to our border. Majority of, uh, of, of the country, by the way, including 51% of Hispanic Americans, back the president's move to send troops to our southern border. 57% overall likely voters agree with the deployment. This is Zogby Analytics Survey. And also 51% of Hispanic community. This is a big win for the president. Look, this really is very, very simple. And what we're going to do in the course of the program, we have Martha McSally. We have some of the more, Dave Bratt, our uh, uh, governor, uh, what's his name, in Florida. Rick um, Scott is going to be with us. We've got um, other people that are important, close races. Here's the most important thing you need to know in the Senate. If, if Marsha Blackburn holds Tennessee against the liar manipulator, the campaign of Bredesen that thinks that the people of Tennessee are ignorant or something to that effect, caught on Project Veritas. If we hold the state of Nevada, Dean Heller holds on, and so far he is. And if we, Martha McSally now defeats the single most radical candidate this election cycle, Kristen Sinema, calling her own state of Arizona the people crazy, crazy in a Lindsay Lohan-like way, the meth lab of democracy, it's okay to join the Taliban. Martha McSally is flying missions over Afghanistan, 28 years of service. At the same time, Kristen Cinema is organizing anti-war protests, inviting witches, and wearing pink tutus. If the people of Arizona hold that race, and you hold Nevada, and you hold Tennessee, then it's now how many extra seats can Republicans pick up? If Rick Scott wins against Nelson, that would be a pickup in Florida. And Ron DeSantis is obviously an important race because Gillum is just a radical. And we saw the tape of his guy. Well, this is an effed up state. This is a cracker state in the Project Veritas videos. Then if you go across the Senate line, John Tester now is in the battle of his life against Rosendale, uh, who we we will be checking in with later in the program today. Um, That race is now winnable in Montana. You know, here's a guy that votes with Chuck Schumer 90% of the time in Montana. He doesn't represent the people of Montana ever. Joe Donnelly is another one. We've got a tape we'll be revealing about Joe Donnelly, a final in a series by Project Veritas tonight. You know, but at the end of the day, so that could be a pickup. North Dakota would be a pickup. The amazing thing is all hands have now been called out and put on deck in the state of New Jersey Bob Menendez is now beginning to lose. I've seen some internal polls. New Jersey could turn red and be a real shocker of the evening. And then West Virginia, close race with Joe Manchin there. Um, But the bottom line is, and I have the numbers to show it, is if you vote for any Senate Democrat, you are voting for Chuck Schumer. They'll vote for him to be their leader. And on any important vote, they're going to be right there with him. And the statistics bear it out. Donnelly, 74 percent. Tester, an 87 percent Schumer guy. Uh, Heitkamp, 70 percent. You can go straight on down. Nelson, 80. No, I'm sorry, 92 percent. Sherrod Brown, Ohio, 98 percent. And look at all the money they've thrown at poor Ted Cruz. He's got to hang on. And and there's never been more money spent on a single race than against Ted Cruz down in Texas. 
And people of Texas need to know your state is not a Bozo Beto state. He will vote against everything you believe in in Texas. So don't get bamboozled by him either. You know, let me tell you this election, it is a clear choice election. The last eight years of Obama were a disaster. He had eight years, and I know he claims he's out there on the stump. This is the most important election ever. It really is. Yeah, because you messed things up so bad that we had 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. We had the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, the worst and lowest home ownership rate in 51 years, worst recovery since the 40s. You accumulated more debt than every other president before you combined. And you're the only president never to reach 3% GDP growth ever in a single year of his presidency. So, yeah, it is a choice election. Compare that against Trump's 4 million new jobs, 8 million fewer people on food stamps and in poverty in America. The economic news today is blockbuster. We got U.S. payroll rises above the forecast. Another 250,000 new jobs have created. The wage gains now have hit 3.1%. That is the first time since 2007 we've had wage gains for the forgotten men and women in this country now hitting today 3.1%. 250,000 new jobs. On the energy front, the U.S. is now the world's top oil producer. Thank you, Donald Trump. And by the way, as we move further into the pipelines being built, the XL pipeline, Keystone, North Dakota pipeline, he has revived the the coal mining industry single-handedly, opening up Anwar, opening up drilling in the 48 states on both coasts. Let me tell you something. This is a this is what this election now then becomes about. It becomes choices. You know, you want lower taxes, less regulation, energy independence, vote Republican. What are the Democrats? They want high, they're saying they want higher taxes and they want their crumbs back. They want they always overregulate when they're in power. They don't like American energy at all. We'll be dependent from now until, you know, the end of time. Republicans want strong borders. We don't want crime. We don't want chaos. We don't want caravans. They want open borders, sanctuary cities, states. The average person that enters this country illegally costs us, the taxpayers, on average $70,000. They don't care about that either. We want originalist justices that interpret the Constitution as it is written, not citing foreign law, not writing legislation, and ignoring separation of powers and co-equal branches. You know, with the Republicans, what does that mean? We have more jobs, more opportunity. That means less crime in the country. What has happened every time the Democrats get in control? What? We have less jobs, more people with nothing to do, more crimes are committed. The election is between results versus nothing but radicalism and resistance from Hollywood on down. They already have their money. They don't care that Obama's policies that they supported failed or Hillary's policies would have failed as spectacularly. You know, we can continue this path towards American growth and greatness, as the president said last night, or more gridlock. Jobs or, you know, the crazy left-wing mob. They should not be rewarded for their behavior the last two years. We can keep all of this going. The lie about pre-existing conditions, that the Republicans save pre-existing conditions in the bill that they passed to repeal Obamacare. 
You know, all that the Democrats are saying, they're lying to you and they're playing the race card and they're referring to every single slander that they can think of and more, including blaming Trump for the for the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. And you got literally the Democratic Party with no vision. The only way they can win, as we've seen in these Project Veritas tapes, is to lie to you. Lie to the people like Phil Bredesen is lying to the people of Tennessee. Claire McCaskill's lying to the people in Missouri. As Kristen Sinema's lying to the people in Arizona. Heidi Heitkamp lying to the people in North Dakota. Uh, Andrew Gillum lying to the people in Florida. And by the way, now we have a new tape out. Uh, this is Beto O'Rourke's campaign. I'm just going to play a little synopsis of it for the benefit of time because we have so many candidates we're going to check in with today. And uh, this is Beto O'Rourke. Members of his campaign. I just hope nobody that's the wrong person finds out about this. So Jody knows that, like, Oh, she doesn't know that you, we use the, the, the prepaid card, but it's okay. So you got members of the O'Rourke campaign exposed in this undercover video. It's on projectveritas.com assisting Honduran migrants and saying, quote, these are the quotes. I just hope that nobody, you know, that that that's the wrong person finds out about this. Uh, it's effing happening. O'Rourke campaign staff uses prepaid cards for Honduran illegal alien supplies. Don't ever repeat this. Campaign staffers explain how to hide campaign expenditures so they can give these prepaid cards. If you get caught in some sort of violation, well, that's like a $50,000 fine for me. I, I can just ignore the rules that I'm like, F it. You know, transporting aliens to airports, bus stations. None of this is like, shh, the S word. There is a rule book for. And then a staffer says she sent text to the director, told the campaign manager, who says, don't worry, it's okay. Oh, why didn't they get fired? No, finally, they're looking into it today. There was a DHS uh, study, Department of Homeland Security. And listen to this. We're getting more information. Department of Homeland Security has identified at least 270 members of the caravan now heading to the U.S. border who are violent, convicted criminals. We had, according to a top Mexican official, some caravan members are planning uh, to firebomb anybody that gets in their way. Now, in a release, myth versus fact, the caravan, the department also states 270 in the caravan, either known gang members or have criminal backgrounds. I've said from the beginning, nobody could uh, absolutely, you know, vouch for anyone that's in this. And anyway, they could get here to the border by as early as November 3rd, as late as November 12th. And the president now has 15,000 troops down on the border. Even the Mexican officials are saying that there are violent members that have inserted themselves into the caravan. I don't believe the caravan is like that. I've said for days now, probably 99% just want a better life, better jobs. But we can't vouch for the people that do have bad intentions. We have borders. We have sovereignty. We have a rule of law. We have security. There's a lot at stake in four days. And you get to decide. By the way, these Trump rallies, this is hilarious. Somebody equated it. I was reading online today. It's beginning to look like and resemble Woodstock. So many people are showing up. Poor Barack Obama can barely get a big crowd down in Florida. Job growth smashing estimates. Wage growth sets a 10-year record. That's the economic news heading into the election today. 
All right. We're going to go very quickly through some top candidates. Matt Rosendale running for Senate in Montana. He's going to join us. He can win with the Libertarian now bowing out of that race. Michael Braun running in Indiana. He can win that race if people don't vote Libertarian. We got a few uh, other Senate candidates like Martha McSally is going to join us. Rick Scott is going to join us. Lou Barletta is going to join us. We have the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, today. Uh, Dave Bratt, who's in a big fight in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Freedom Caucus member. Uh, we're supporting his candidacy. He'll check in today and uh, a couple of others. All right. So we got a busy day. Four days till Election Day. Best election coverage available on your radio dial. $10,000. Hannity listeners, this is for you. The United States Concealed Carry Association wants to send you on the ultimate gun getaway. That's right. You could win $10,000 to take the patriotic trip you've always dreamed of. And all you have to do is text CARRY to 87222 for your 100% free chance to win. You could go on a wild African safari, attend an elite firearms training academy, or even shoot exotic rifles at a VIP tactical shooting experience. With ten grand in your pocket, the sky's the limit. But you only have until the 23rd to enter, so you must hurry. Just text CARRY to the number 87222 right now for our official rules and to instantly lock in your free chance to win your ultimate gun getaway. Imagine what you could do and where you could go with ten grand. And entering only takes a few seconds. So what are you waiting for? Text CARRY to the number 87222. That's the word CARRY, C-A-R-R-Y, to 87222. Don't miss this. All right, as we roll along, four days till Election Day, 800-941. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, so glad you're with us. You know, a lot of things that are in play as we get into the final moments of this campaign. A lot of rhetoric. And I have a whole list of fake news CNN headlines you know, playing the race card. I'm going to actually do this after the election. We're going to go back and play the insanity. We don't even have time to get to half of it. Now that the media, the media is all jacked up, fearful, invested in doing anything and everything they can do to help the Democratic Party. They're an extension of all things liberal. It doesn't matter their policies failed. It only matters that they get their friends the support that they want. They will never talk about President Trump's success. Nobody that I've seen all day is talking about these great economic numbers, uh, more records being set. But they don't care. You know, this is now a choice election. It's about taxes. It's about those that would raise them, those that would cut them. It's about regulation, those that want more and those that want less. It's about borders, those that want security, those that don't want border security. They want open borders, sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, even though every illegal immigrant on average, new study came out this week, $70,000 per person is what it's costing you, we, the American people. This is about getting the greatest results in two years and continuing the momentum or not continuing the momentum. This is about all of the things that matter with national security. If you want more money in your pockets, if you want more freedom, if you want energy independence, if you want border security, if you want originalists on the Supreme Court that value our Constitution, that won't rewrite laws uh, using foreign law as a precedent, if you believe in peace through strength, if you like that we're not dropping billions on tarmacs for radical Islamic mullahs that hate us, 
if you like that the president can stop a guy like Kim Jong-un from threatening the world with nuclear weapons and, and do it without giving him a thing, if you'd like to see that progress continue, just know if you vote for any Democrat, you're voting for Pelosi and Schumer. If you vote for Republicans, you're voting to continue the great progress of the last two years. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. we got a lot of people going to be checking in with just quick hits with some of the most pivotal races that will tip the balance of power in the House and the Senate. And, uh, for example, Governor Rick Scott, Congresswoman Martha McSally, who we'd love to see as Senator McSally, going up against the most radical uh, candidate this election cycle, which would be Kristen Sinema. Uh, we're watching that race. We have the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, today. A uh, lot of progress being made as it relates to North Korea, Iran. Those sanctions go into effect on Monday. Uh, what's going on with the Mexican caravan? Because he's been involved in that. The discussions with places like China and Russia. I think Mike Pompeo has been the best Secretary of State we've had in our modern life. Uh, anyway, we have some of the other local Congress congressional races that are going on. Uh, first, we start with uh, Matt Rosendale. He is running in the great state of Montana. Latest poll before the Libertarian candidate pulled out showed it was a two-point race against incumbent Democrat John Tester. By the way, as we check out Tester's voting record, he is a 90% Chuck Schumer voter. Now, this is a state that voted for Donald Trump. Anyway, uh, Matt Rosendale, welcome to the program, and uh, glad you could be with us. Sean, thank you so much for having me on today. Appreciate it. So, look, you're in Montana, and you've got a, a senator out there now that has voted about 90% of the time with Chuck Schumer. Does that represent the values of the people of Montana? Simple question. Are the people of Montana better off uh, than they were two years ago? They are better off, but it's not because of anything that John Tester has done, Sean, as you well know. It's not It's not just that he's voted against the president 90 percent of the time. It's the votes that he took against the tax cuts, against the judges that uh, President Trump brought forward. Um, he has, has sided with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer on the liberal uh, immigration agenda of sanctuary cities and open borders. Um, this is not the kind of action that the people of Montana expect or want from the U.S. senator. And that's why we've been able to get so much traction. And then, uh, as we discussed previously, John Tester talked about trying to hold uh, the people of Washington accountable uh, 12 years ago when he first went there. And, and now he has the dubious honor of being the number one recipient of contributions from lobbyists in the whole nation. He's received more contributions from lobbyists than Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer. You know, it's amazing as you watch these races and you see that there's not one Democrat that is telling the American people what they truly believe or what they vote for. Now, Tester's a guy that support, supported the Obama agenda. Tester is a guy that voted against every big economic transformative policy of this president. It is a state that voted, what, 20 percent plus for Donald Trump. Um, they tell us did. What, and, and yeah. Sean, I tell you what really is, is so uh, hypocritical is for John Tester to come out. Right now I'm serving as the insurance commissioner. For John Tester to come out and try and say that I'm responsible for high insurance rates when he was literally 
the vote that brought us Obamacare, which doubled and tripled the cost of health insurance for many of the people across the state of Montana. This is a, a page directly out of the Democrats' playbook. And as if that wasn't bad enough, you're very aware that he was the one who invented this uh, politics of personal destruction and and released a bunch of unfounded, untrue information about Admiral Ronnie Jackson mm-hmm. um, so that he could destroy his reputation. Well, let's talk about why did the libertarian bow out of the race and endorse you? Because this is a problem we're also having in Indiana, libertarian candidates. And I, I actually have, share a lot of values with libertarians. But the problem is that it siphons votes away from the Republicans and oftentimes is done and designed to help a Democratic ca- candidate that is weak. In this case, John Tester, you know, he's an incumbent at 43 percent. That is not uh, a number that usually gets you reelected. No, no. And I'll tell you something. It's not the libertarians trying trying to siphon the votes off. It's the Democrats trying to use every tactic that they possibly can so that they can get back in. I've but got, the, but your libertarian candidate, why did he bow out and, do, and support you? Because he stated very specifically a reason. There, because there was a illegal flyer that was put out by John Tester's dark money allies – and and the libertarian candidate uh, spoke with me and said that it, it basically it was trying to to advance him and and to bring me down. And he said he would not participate in such an activity. And he came. Well, let me explain what this means. It. They purposely had a flyer that was targeting your voters, saying that he's the real conservative, not you, in the hopes that. Your supporters would vote libertarian, so they'd split the vote, and then that would pave the way. This, you know, that little sneaky tactic of the Democrats when they they always kind of play dirty. We've seen Hillary steal primary, so nothing surprises me. And and it didn't work because the libertarian said, "No, I'm not going to be a part of this." That's pretty amazing. That's exactly what happened, Sean. And they sent the mail around, and they did it without any disclosures so that no one could even very easily track it back to the Democratic operatives that they are. And so that is why this libertarian, because like you, I have very strong relationships with many of the libertarians across. And the the president is going to be going back one more time to Montana, correct? He is. The president is coming out tomorrow to Belgrade. He will be there at 1230. And then we have the vice president coming out on Monday uh, uh, basically at midday in Kalispell. And anyone who would like information about that or would like to help our campaign because we're still struggling, you know, to fight this out to the very end. It's uh, MattForMontana.com. Matt, F-O-R Montana.com. All right, Matt Rosendale, this is a winnable race. That would be a huge Republican pickup. Matt Rosendale running against Schumer Democrat uh, John Tester in the great state of Montana. Um, I hope the people of Montana understand Tester does not represent their values. Uh, We'll be watching the race closely on election night. Matt Rosendale, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for the time today, Sean. You have a great afternoon. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Lucy is in Dallas, Texas. Lucy, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Let me tell you, everybody in Texas, there's never been a Senate race 
where one candidate has had to endure 80 plus million outside dollars to slander poor Ted Cruz. And I know the people of Texas understand this. How are you? Absolutely. I am great, Sean, and, and thank you. I, I love what you are doing and getting these candidates out there. But I also wanted to tell you that as far as this uh, Project Veritas um, expose on Beto O'Rourke's campaign, there's not a peep uh, about it on any news network here in Texas that I have heard. And I think they may be holding back information possibly until after Tuesday, after the election. Listen, the media in this country, journalism is dead. They're not journalists. They're advocates. They have chosen a side. They're now going all in, 100 percent in to help every Democratic House candidate and every senatorial candidate. And, yeah, when you have Beto O'Rourke staff out there giving prepaid cards uh, to help people, knowing it's illegal and informing the campaign manager, I promise you that if it was any Republican doing the same, I promise you that it would be big news everywhere. And it shows you how abusively biased and corrupt the news media in the country is. It's you're absolutely right. And by the way, all the Beto mania that has been created that's all a media creation it is not somebody that represents the values of the people of texas and they've been pouring 80 million dollars into this guy's campaign and ted cruz still is going to beat him i hope if everybody in texas understands well we're getting out the vote and today is the last day of early voting in our area and so we hope uh, that people get the message about what's going on. So thank you very much for, for taking this call. All right, Lucy, we appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, let's say hi to Mike in Indiana. We're going to check in with Mike Braun in a minute from Indiana. Mike, how are you? Hey, hey, uh, thank you, Sean, for an opportunity to talk to you today. Yeah, I just want to put a little spin on this thing here that I've been thinking about. And if the Democrats were to be successful in taking everything back, I've got a, a weird sense about the fact that it looks like that they would try to take and not put Nancy Pelosi in as Speaker of the House. They put Hillary in as Speaker of the House, impeach Donald Trump. And knowing the, knowing the Hillary Clinton background, it's not much else to take out the vice president and then she's automatically president. And it's crazy as the Democrats are now. Yeah, listen, that's forget about, about what, the conspiracy. Listen, <laughs> I don't know. What, I, this is what we know they have planned. We know they want to impeach. We know they want endless investigation. We know they want open borders, sanctuary cities, states. And we know they don't want a border wall. We know they want Obamacare. They're saying, oh, we're for health care. But you gave us the worst health care system ever designed by man, ever. And it turned out to be a colossal failure built on a mountain of lies. Keep your doctor, your plan, and pay less. People lost their doctors, lost their plans, paid more, and half the country has one option. There are no choices. So that is who they are. They want their crumbs back. They want the tax cuts back. This is a choice election unlike any other. This is about higher taxes or tax cuts. It's about open borders or secure borders. It's about energy independence or energy dependence. It's about America creating an environment that is business friendly to create jobs like we have been doing. Today's numbers are phenomenal. It is another record. We've had record economic growth by every indicator. You know, record low unemployment, 14 states, African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, 
and even youth unemployment is at a 55-year low. We can't do, we're just talking about, are we better off than we were two years ago? Dramatically, 4 million-plus new jobs, 8 million Americans out of poverty off of food stamps. That is a miraculous turnaround, and we've never had consumer confidence so high. All right, speaking of it, we just talking to Mike in Indiana. We got another Mike. He's actually Mike Braun, the Republican candidate. This is uh, an important state. This would be a pickup. Um, we have a little tape on your opponent tonight that we're going to be breaking on Hannity. You might be wanting to watch tonight, Mike Braun. Hey, Sean. We got a nice tape on your opponent tonight that we'll be showing on TV. Hasn't aired yet. Oh, good. Uh huh. Uh, oh, I think sure you're going to want to watch this tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about it. I just was talking to Matt Rosendale, and you do have a libertarian that is siphoning some votes away from you. But even still, you're ahead in this race. Uh, I've gone to my little uh, calculator here, and I see that, you know, your opponent supports, what, Chuck Schumer almost 80, 90 percent of the time. Well, I'd say it's almost closer to 100 percent on all the important stuff. So, uh that would throw in the bills that uh, gets a lot of support otherwise. But on all the critical stuff, Sean, he's been with the radical left and has tried to disguise himself as a moderate here in Indiana, and we've been flushing out that record, and uh, that's why we're going to win it. And when it comes to the libertarian candidate, uh, I think that there will be some when they get in there knowing that, um, you know, I've got a libertarian streak in me as well. I believe in limited government and small government. Government should be most active at the local and state level. And I believe some people will uh, actually switch their vote once they get down to the nitty gritty because they want it to count. And I think it'll come my way. Now, you have a rally with the president. When is it tonight, I believe, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We're getting ready to head over to the uh, airport uh, to greet the president, and then uh, head to the rally. I know something about your rally that you don't know, but I can't tell. Well, what's that? I I can't tell. You know, this is an important race, because I'm going to tell you something. People of Indiana overwhelmingly support the president. They put him over the top in the primary. They voted for him in the general election. And you have a senator that has been part of the Schumer resistance. Now you have an opportunity And I know libertarians, I I hear you, but all you're going to do is if you vote libertarian, you're voting for Joe Donnelly and Chuck Schumer. So Michael Braun is up in this race. Can we, this would be a massive pickup. So for our friends in Indiana, I hope that you get out and vote. This is an important race. And uh, we're going to be watching that rally tonight. And you'll know exactly what I mean when you see the surprise. I'll be watching, and uh, Sean, good uh, talking to you, and uh, thanks for uh, airing out these issues because they are important. I think we got the chance, if everything goes well this coming Tuesday, to pick up four or five seats. The Trump agenda is you yep. know, doing so well across the country, and uh, I think people will realize that when they get there and uh, vote, take a lot of these Senate races across the finish line for us. All right. Thank you, Mike Braun, running for the Senate, Republican, Indiana. Remember, if Republicans hold Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, if they hold uh, Dean Heller in Nevada, if, in fact, Martha McSally, who will join us later, she wins in Arizona, that means every other win from there on. If And assuming Ted Cruz holds Texas, he needs your support. And that means Florida. If, if uh, uh, Governor Scott wins, that's a pickup. That means in North Dakota, that'd be a pickup. 
That means Rosendale in Montana would be a pickup. That means Braun, who we're just talking to, would be a pickup. Um, and if, say, Bob Menendez loses, it would be a disaster for the Democratic Party. And he's in deep trouble tonight in New Jersey. We'll have his opponent on Monday. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's where we stand. In the House, you vote for any Democrat, you're voting for Pelosi. You don't show up, you're voting for Pelosi. Abigail Spanberger brags about her security experience. So why does local law enforcement support Dave Brad? Spanberger's silent on the Honduran illegal immigrant caravan because she supports open borders. Spanberger defended the violent gang MS-13 and supports sanctuary cities. And pro-amnesty radicals are pouring millions into Spanberger's campaign. The truth? Abigail Spanberger can't be trusted. And the Chesterfield Fraternal Order of Police knows it. I'm Dave Brad, and I approve this message. All right, Dave Bram is uh, running, by the way, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Glad you're with us. 25 till the top of the hour, four days until Election Day. And I'll just say about Dave Brad, there's very few people that I want to see elected, reelected more than the brave team of the Freedom Caucus. They have been the strongest, the toughest, the most committed in terms of keeping their promises that they made to the American people. They've been the most aggressive at exposing deep state corruption at the highest levels of our Justice Department, FBI. And uh, they're the people we need most because they're the ones that are holding the other guys responsible. Dave Bratt, uh, it's always tough in the Commonwealth. You have a tough race this year, but the latest polls I see, you are just maintaining a slight lead. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, people are zooming in on the issues. The caravan is zooming everybody in on immigration. Uh, my opponent, Abigail Spanberger's open borders and sanctuary cities, uh, says just let the localities deal with it, right? Ignore federal law, skip the ICE uh, federal enforcement guys. And uh, so I think everybody's zooming in on those issues. She's against the tax cuts. She's for the Bernie, uh, huge socialist health care expansion, $32 trillion. That'll double your taxes. And, uh, you know, I taught economics for 20 years. I loved, I loved teaching the kids, and it, it, it just got to the point where I, I, I felt it was unethical, right, uh, to leave the kids with a huge debt we're leaving them with. Without, they didn't have job opportunities, and now uh, the Trump economy is just booming, and uh, I couldn't be prouder. So I think the economics, the immigration, the health care piece, uh, Obamacare has been a total failure and so i think people are zooming in we're going to cross the finish line but we need help have everybody out there go to davebrat.com and uh, hit the red button give whatever you can we got a few days yet to throw up well, nancy PDF pelosi look, look they want you out bad because you've been so effective look there are yep. four competitive races in the commonwealth of virginia i know barbara comstock northern virginia always has a tough race she's in a tough spot yep. uh but she's she's been a constituent serving uh congresswoman and yep. and the other two races also they're competitive. Um, right. You've been a part of the Freedom Caucus. You've been you've been the guys that have been out there saying we made a promise on health care, we made a promise on taxes, we made a promise on border security, and you look you know for all the Democrats running on health care they're just lying because the bill that you helped force through with Jordan and Meadows is the bill that actually protected pre existing conditions, and yet every Democrat yeah, no. in the country is lying about it. Right. No, it's amazing, right? The mainstream media, that is the biggest Democrat issue. It's all they have because uh, they can't defend Obamacare. So you're right. That's the number one issue. Uh, I held it up at town hall meetings, the legislative scripts, protecting pre-existing conditions. And uh, they're also just spreading out literature. You know, we're taking away pharmaceuticals, Medicare, Social Security, the usual. 
you know, Democrat uh, ploys at the end. But this time, what the new piece is my opponent's basically buying the election. She has $10 billion, just unheard of in this district. Uh, you know, $1 million from Pelosi, uh, $2.2 million from Act Blue, and that's typical in these competitive races. They're just trying to outright buy uh, the elections for Nancy Pelosi and the, the liberal far-left uh, resistance billionaires. Are in well, listen, it, it, listen so I've been saying to everybody, if you yeah. vote for – and this is another reason, because she's pouring money into every single race. It's the only thing she's right. not is these big yep. money donors. So she's pouring a fortune. And what does that mean? Those Every one of those Democrats, if they get elected, are going to be beholden to her, voting for her for speaker. That means Maxine Waters, who's threatening. I mean, I couldn't believe she's literally threatening Wall Street, being the head of the Financial Services Committee. You got lying that, that biggest liar in Congress, Adam Shifty Schiff, Promising that, well, he's going after everybody. You know, it's like they're out for revenge. They're not. They're not out to do anything that they're saying would help the American people. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard for your listeners to get right the uh, the folks that just don't follow politics. So sometimes they believe the senior citizens just very decent people, but they believe some of those ads. And so, if you're anywhere near the seventh district, get out here. You know, get with your church groups, your rotaries, your business. Like you were just saying, Sean, with the, the bankers, don't even know what's coming at them. Uh, so business, if business doesn't vote Republican, I don't know what they're thinking. Well, it's a tough district. It has been for a long time. Uh, we really want you to do well. You've been amazing in terms of being on the Freedom Caucus. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And uh, if we can help you in any way, please let us know. Dave Bratt, 7th District, Commonwealth of Virginia, important race, Freedom Caucus member. And uh, we wish you luck t- on Tuesday in four days. Hey, thank you so much for fighting the fight, Sean. Yep, DaveBratt.com if people want to help out. I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. All right, appreciate it. Another important race is in Georgia. Georgia's become a tight race. I mean, they think, the Democrats, that they've got a chance in Georgia. Uh, you got Brian Kemp, who's running for governor, and Oprah Winfrey in yesterday for her opponent. Barack Obama's in there today for her for his opponent. Um, to the Georgia 7th District, that's right next to where Newt's old district was, um, literally a majority-minority district, the only Republican mi- majority-minority district east of Texas, and it is represented by uh, somebody I've known for a long time. Robert Woodall is in that district, and your race is particularly close. And uh, obviously, you're going to you're expecting a big turnout, I think, because the interest in the governor's race. Well, that's exactly right, uh, Sean. Already in early voting, we're up to uh, 2016 levels uh, of enthusiasm, and that's we're seeing every corner of the district. How is it looking in terms of Republican returns, Democratic returns? How do you feel about the early voting? Uh, we've gotten all the Republican enthusiasm that we were hoping was going to, to turn out. You know, there were a few days uh, back in uh, late uh, August where I worried that folks might uh, take Republican victories for granted. But I am seeing it from uh, college-age uh, students to young couples uh, all the way up into grandparents and great-grandparents uh, doing everything they can to make sure every single vote uh, comes out uh, to keep Georgia red. We've been hearing a long time that uh, Georgia might be trending a little bit blue or purple. I've not seen it, but there's an all-out push this year, especially in the gubernatorial race. Why do you think it's been so close? Now, Kemp, uh, last I checked, is up by two or three points, but that that should create more urgency for the people of Georgia. Um, what do you? What is your take on what is happening? Why is it happening? 
Well, you're exactly right. It is creating that uh, that urgency, and, and in a good and exciting uh, way. For Pete's sakes, we've been uh, named the best state in which to do business now for six years in a row, and an uh, election of uh, Democrat Stacey Abrams at the top of the uh, ticket uh, turns that uh, spigot off overnight. Uh, uh, Brian Kemp is the right guy at the right time uh, for this uh, uh, for this job, uh, and. Everybody is coming together to get that done. Republican infighting crushes us, uh, Sean. Uh, and this year, uh, we've got a great ticket with everyone united uh, and pushing towards that same goal. It's, well, it's an important state. Uh, I take it personally, having lived down there for four years myself. I had four great, wonderful years in Atlanta and uh, one of America's great cities. Uh, and I was there, actually, when it turned red. I mean, you can think back to the old days. So it used to be a real strong blue state for a long time. Um, and that pretty much all changed with Newt Gingrich and John Linder and a bunch of other guys at the time. Zell Miller, I know he was a Democratic governor, but he, he did a great job for the state of Georgia. Uh, I ended up being really good friends with him, uh, even became friends with many of the civil rights leaders uh, that lived in town. I, I sometimes disagreed politically, but I had a good relationship with uh, Maynard Jackson and uh, you remember Hosea Williams loved him and uh, had you know you had Andy Young would come on the show Joe Lowry would come on the show uh, Abernathy Senior would come on the show they all came on with me. Well, you know, we do have that great tradition in Georgia, and what's that, what that is translating into uh, up in my part of the world uh, in a majority minority district are folks who have fled socialism. Sean, I've got a, I've got a group called Chinese for Trump that are going door to door, uh, trying to get uh, folks out uh, to support the president. Vietnamese for Trump, Koreans uh, for Trump. You go into these demographics of folks who have experienced socialism firsthand, fled socialism because they thought America held the promise and the dream for their children and their grandchildren. Uh, these are Republican voters uh, who are passionate about uh, this country. It's a new civil uh, rights uh, era. And that uh, the civil but, but rights. Think of what's happening freedom. under Trump policies: African American, record low unemployment; Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace. Fourteen states, record low unemployment. I mean, the things that so many on the Democratic side—they claim they have a monopoly of compassion—but instead of 13 million more Americans on food stamps, which was eight years of Obama, and eight million more in poverty. We have 4 million new jobs, 4 million fewer on food stamps, 8 million fewer in poverty and on food stamps. And to me, you know what, that is that that's the first step towards the American dream. Stopping this success would be, uh, to me, the dumbest decision America can make. We'll survive it, but we could do so much better if we don't have to. They, and folks get that. Uh, they, are, they are so much smarter in the great state of Georgia than the media gives uh, voters uh, credit for. They see right through that, and they see their wives getting raises. They see their kids moving out of the basement. They, they see their moms and dads having their retirement security improved. Uh, this rising tide is lifting all boats, and there's not a man or woman in the 7th District of Georgia uh, that wants to turn that, uh, turn that tide off. All right. We appreciate it. Important race. We're putting our attention to it. It is in the great state of Georgia. Representative Robert Woodall, Georgia's 7th District. Sir, thank you for being with us. Good luck uh, four days from now. We appreciate you being with us. All right. Four days to go to Election Day. Uh, we'll have more of the candidates coming up. Also, the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is checking in at the bottom of this half hour. Uh, then our news roundup, information overload hour. We'll be, meet more candidates, some of the senatorial candidates, the races that that matter most. Um, we got a lot of people we're trying to get in today uh, because Monday 
Well, we have a big announcement. We'll make it on Hannity tonight. Uh, we've got Lou Barletta, and we've got Congresswoman Martha McSally, who wants to be the senator in the great state of Arizona. Much more coming up. All right, Kimberly in Connecticut. Kimberly, hi. How are you? Four days to go. Glad you called. By the way, you have a much closer race for governor in Connecticut than anyone imagined. Um, yes. You know, Stefanowski is really pulling through. Um, it's, it's looking like we might turn red here. But I want to remind everyone, you can do early voting with an absentee ballot. And many of the town halls are open on Saturday morning. you got to speak into your phone. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. I want to say um, there's absentee ballots um, available at the town halls. And, um, and you know, get out and um, make sure you vote on Tuesday. And, you know, just remember, you can go to a town hall and... And you can um, get the absentee ballots right there. All right. Good advice. Thanks, Kimberly in Connecticut. Savannah, uh, Jim is next on the Sean Hannity Show. Jim, four days to go. What's going on? Hey, Mr. Hannity. Long-time listener to your show. Appreciate everything you you do. 29-year Army veteran, retired last year. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, sir. Um, You know, Mr. Hannity, the question I have for you is this... um, you know, after 2016, I completely just did away with my belief in polls, even when the polls support um, the candidate of my choice. And I just wanted to get your get your take on how we're looking at polls nowadays. I know you quote them a lot on the show, so I just want to get your take on that. I'm a big part of Listen, I, I, I urge a lot of caution on the polls. Wrong in 2004, John Kerry was the president, and that was even the day of. Wrong in 2016, wrong in 2014. Uh, they've been wrong in a lot of different races. Um, I use them anecdotally. There's certain things that I look at and then mentally I put them in my mind and I just come up with a feeling and my gut, you know, 30 years experience, I, I come to my decision. The bottom line is you can't look at the polls, forget the polls. Assume that we're down, assume that we're losing, and assume that your vote will tip the balance of power in the House and Senate. That's what I would urge everyone to do. Every race now, it's going to be a very high turnout for a midterm. Everything is about turnout. Every vote is needed in 435 districts. If you stay home, it's a vote for Pelosi and Schumer. If you vote for a Democrat, it's a vote for Pelosi and Schumer. We'll get the government we deserve, but we don't deserve this. You know, and I'm watching the president doing all of this traveling, you know, about 11 more stops or 10 more stops, or I guess the last stop is Monday in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri is his last stop. And he's working hard, and he's keeping his promises. The media has gone all in to destroy him. They've gone all in to help the Democrats. I would like personally and hope personally that you put a big shock on the faces of all of these arrogant media people on Tuesday night. That's what I'd like to see. So go out there with an urgency because everything's at stake. The economy, taxes, energy, borders, national security, you name it, it's all at stake. Go vote. That's my advice to everyone. Don't let these people win and don't reward their despicable tactics that they've been using for two years. Quick break, right back. Senatorial candidates, Mike Pompeo, News Roundup, Information Overload, all coming up. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Glad you're with us. Four days until the important midterm elections. We're just going to take a slight break in our programming because that's all we've been talking about today. But uh, starting Monday, the president now reimposing all the sanctions that were lifted under what was the acceptable, unacceptable Iranian deal. And the president is putting in place 
what are the single toughest sanctions ever on the Iranian regime targeting much of the corrupt regime's critical sectors, including the economy, energy, shipping, shipbuilding, financial sectors. Uh, the impact already being felt in a lot of ways here to update us on uh, the importance of this is, I think, the, the Secretary of State, the best we've had in our lifetime. Mike Pompeo is with us, also former CIA director. How are you, sir? Sean, I'm good. Thanks for the kind words. Well, you've been doing really well. I had a chance to see you in Singapore and Helsinki, and you've been traveling the world pretty much uh, day and night, and a lot of good things on foreign policy happening. Let's start with these sanctions. Uh, yes, sir. So uh, come Monday, uh, as you said, uh, we will not only be reimposing the sanctions that were in place before uh, the crazy JCOPOA was entered into, uh, but there'll be over uh, several hundred designations. Uh, we will ultimately move Iran to zero crude oil. That'll take us some number of months uh, to do that. Uh, we've been able to do that in a way that hasn't had a huge impact on crude oil prices. That's a good thing for American consumers. But remember the purpose. The Islamic Republic of Iran is the world's largest state sponsor of terror. We're trying to change the Ayatollah and Qasem Soleimani's behavior to keep the American people safe and secure. That's the mission. These sanctions are a part of our effort, uh, and they're already being felt uh, by the Iranian leadership. We've known for a long time they're the number one state sponsor of terror, but they've also been fighting many proxy wars in the region, including their responsibility and culpability of killing Americans in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, but with that said, there is, and putting aside what happened to this individual Khashoggi, there seems to be an opportunity and a new alliance that has risen against the potential of a nuclear-armed Iran and Iranian hegemony in the region, and that is the United States, Israel, the Jordanians, the Egyptians, the Saudis, the Emirates, all standing together in ways that nobody even imagined just a few years ago, creating an alliance against Iran. Uh, what is the status of that? Sean, that is all the good work of President Trump. He, he made this fundamental decision early on in the administration that this was the greatest threat to the United States and so did, in fact, build out an enormous coalition. There are some European countries in that, too. We need to get more of them. Uh, but you're right. Uh, whether it's the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia or the Emirates or Egypt, these are all countries that understand their threat to regional stability in the Middle East. And we, of course, know the risk that it presents to us. You, Sean, you would have probably seen this week, there was another assassination attempt in Europe by Iran mm -hmm. trying to kill Europeans. Uh, this, this is outrageous, and it's the kind of behavior that the sanctions that go back next week are aimed at correcting. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is with us. You know, one of the things that I think is going to be one of the president's biggest legacies is his advancement towards full and complete energy independence for the United States. And by that, we have the North Dakota Keystone Pipelines, the president lifting the bureaucratic assault on the coal industry has helped West Virginia and Kentucky. And we see immediate results there uh, opening up Anwar and drilling in the 48 states and off our coast. We have more oil, more natural gas, more coal than the Middle East combined, which means not only will we be able to produce all of our energy needs, which is the lifeblood of any economy, but then we can also help out our Western allies, like Germany recently, and instead of making Russia and Putin rich again, and the threat of him turning off the spigot one day, uh, we could help out our Western European allies. 
Sean, this is often overlooked in the national security realm, but the importance of the American energy renaissance that President Trump has greenlighted, has permitted to happen, can't be underestimated. Our ability to produce 9, 10, 11 million barrels of oil today, enormous natural gas resources, gives us freedom from others who might want to use their energy to extort America into engaging in behavior they preferred. It gives us uh, the capacity not to have to uh, accept a bad deal because we needed some energy. And then, in fact, you're right, it gives us the capacity to influence what's going elsewhere in the world by delivering good American energy that creates jobs at home as well. I know you've followed up since Singapore as it relates to North Korea. Let me ask you, I I couldn't understand the media's coverage of it because the president really gave up nothing except for a few kind words. But we did get the remains sent back from the Korean War. We did have hostages uh, returned as well. We don't see rockets being fired over Japan or the world being threatened. It looks like little rocket man, fire and fury, our button's bigger than yours and works. All of a sudden now we're talking about the denuclearization of the entire Korean peninsula uh, what is the status of those talks? I know you've had numerous since Singapore. Uh, I have. In fact, uh, I'll have another set of conversations next week with my counterpart, uh, the number two person. I was with Chairman Kim uh, early in October. In each of those conversations, he has made clear his intention to denuclearize. Sean, you know as well as I do, we've got to verify that. Um, we, we've got to make sure that we get that piece of it right. We won't accept anyone's word for it. But that work, which will take time, um, has delivered for America good outcomes already, outcomes that weren't delivered by previous administrations and ones that have benefited America enormously, right? No, no nuclear testing, no missile testing. Those are not small things. Uh, there are good steps along the way. A lot of work remains. Uh, but I'm confident that we will keep the economic pressure in place until such time as Chairman Kim fulfills the commitment he made to President Trump back in June in Singapore. He's even talking about having a denuclearized North Korea within a year. You think that's possible still? I think it's physically possible. Um, I think it will be a real challenge to move to that timeline, and President Trump's been pretty clear. We're not going to be driven into artificial timelines that are set by others. We're going to continue to make progress, and so long as we have the capacity to understand what's going on there and to continue the march towards denuclearization, this is an acceptable place for us to be. One of the things that I think the president has not gotten enough credit for, I was arguing even before President Trump got elected, he doesn't want a trade deal. He's a he's the consummate, never-ending negotiator. And, yeah, we've had some really horrible trade deals over the years, but if you don't take the strong position that we will fight back and that we will put, we will put tariffs on you, uh, I don't think anybody would take any words seriously. So the president has successfully now done that with, Mexico and with Canada uh, and with now it's going on with our European allies. He's even renegotiating the contribution of other countries as it relates to NATO. But I think the biggest showdown is with China and with their economy falling, what, 30, 35 percent. I'm guessing China is going to be banging down Donald Trump's door soon wanting a trade deal. Sean, this has been an enormous success for the administration uh, to create wealth and jobs for American people. We need other countries to trade fairly with us. Uh, His uh, raising the specter of tariffs 
uh, has caused these countries to change their behavior, to be willing to engage in negotiations they would not, not otherwise have been prepared to engage in. You can say the same thing on the national security front, too. You mentioned NATO. Uh, but in the Middle East as well, we've gotten our partners to share more of the burden of their own defense, and that's the appropriate place. America's there. We understand our interests. Um, but these other countries have a responsibility to secure their own people and their own nations and protect their own sovereignty. Uh, our responsibility is to keep the American people safe and secure. Well, it made no sense for the United States to pay 72 cents of every dollar in terms of protecting the NATO alliance. And then some of our NATO partners, in the case of Germany and Chancellor Merkel, going ahead and doing billion-dollar deals with Russia, which would make them rich again. And also, he would have control over the lifeblood of their economy there. What is the overall relationship with China like? And as it relates to, you know, China, Russia, the United States... Where are those? Where are their alliances going now? So China, I think, Sean, you have correctly identified as the most important long-term strategic challenge for the United States of America, and that's across multiple fronts. We've talked about trade. We need that to be fair and reciprocal with them. Uh, but just this week, we indicted 10 Chinese for stealing intellectual property. It's been going on in previous administrations mm-hmm. for decades. Uh, this is really important to American business and protecting uh, the human capital, the talented work of American people. Uh, a national security I know somebody this has happened to. They literally just steal patents. They just steal them. Ab- absolutely, Sean. And they do it through cyber means or ex- by extorting it if a business wants to sell into their market. They require them to turn over some or all of their intellectual property. These are these are unacceptable behaviors that Donald Trump has made very clear, that President Trump has made clear he will not accept, and we're working to correct them. Well, I hope that gets done. What is the status of the relationship the United States now has with Putin and Russia? I mean, the media loves to fixate and focus on it. There was no Russia collusion, unless you consider the phony dossier that was bought and paid for by Hillary that was disseminated to the American people on a FISA court. But I'm not going to drag you into that mess. But what is the relationship with Putin now? It's been a a real challenge. Um, But President Trump's made clear he, he wants very much to have a good relationship with the Russians. We, we need them to do a handful of things to change the behavior. They're, they're, they're causing challenges, trouble, uh, reducing America's security. Uh, we've seen this, um, the work. We need them to come back into compliance with their missile treaties, agreements that they've made as well. If we can convince them, and we should have dialogue with them. I did when I was CIA director. I spoke with my Russian counterpart. Um, if we can have conversations that can cause them to change their behavior in a way that doesn't put Americans at risk. This is an enormously good thing, and um, I have encouraged the president and other cabinet members to do exactly that. Last thing, we've learned an awful lot about, you know, going back over many, many years, how America has been assaulted in, in cyber warfare. And, you know, at some point, you know, you, you, you build a sword, then somebody builds a shield. I, as I understand it, we have 250,000 IT employees that work for our government and yet still our government agencies we hear we read are hacked and to me that is just unacceptable because we know the threat is real are we taking the steps to fix that 
Sean, I, I think we are. It is it is a space where offense is easier to play than defense. I think uh, America's commercial sector has seen that as well. So um, it is. A, I think it's a permanent part of the world in which we live. We're going to have to continue to expend the resources necessary to protect especially our most sensitive assets, especially that information which is most important to be kept private. We, we need to spare no cost to prevent it from being hacked, stolen, mm. disrupted, destroyed. I don't think anybody ever had any idea, but I mean, it's been going on 40 years, apparently, 40, you know, now, 40, now that I'm getting a, now. oh, it's crazy. Last question, yep. the caravan, the president's comments, Mexico, you've been active and involved in, in yep. talking to uh, Mexican officials. Uh, what I don't understand in, in the whole equation is why haven't they turned the people around and said, no, you can't stay here either. I know they've offered jobs in southern Mexico for some of the caravan they're offering work permits to some people. They've turned down public, turned off public transportation, but they're still letting them walk. Hey, Sean, it's a, a, a difficult challenge. The president has got this right. Uh, securing our southern border, uh, enforcing American sovereignty is an enormous national security issue. It's why Secretary of State have been very involved in these discussions. We're encouraging. I've spoken to the leaders of the three northern triangle countries in the last uh, 48 hours. I've spoken speak with my counterpart down in Mexico and the incoming counterpart down in Mexico nearly every day. Um, we are encouraging them to do all the things they can to um, break up these migrants. And, and more importantly, uh, Sean, these caravans are, are a symptom. We have a continuing problem there, separate and apart from the caravans. And we need to make sure everyone understands there's only one way to enter the United States. It is illegally. And if you come here illegally, you won't be able to stay. President Trump's made that very clear, and I'm hoping that will assist in deterring people from making this arduous, dangerous travel through Mexico trying to enter our country unlawfully. It's unacceptable for them to try and come, not through a legal port of entry. Well, I think uh, you're one of the president's best picks, uh, both for CIA director and now Secretary of State. What did you graduate graduate from West Point? What were you in your class? <laughs> I was a pretty good student, Sean. <laughs> you don't want to... How come the president said he's number one in his class? He was number one. Um, anyway, great to talk to you. Mr. Thank Secretary, you, I know you've been traveling a lot on behalf of the country, and it looks like we're making a lot of good progress, and that's good for all of us. Thank you for what you're doing. Amen. Bless you, Sean. Have a good day. All right. When we come back, we got a lot of candidates we're going to put up in very, very tight races. All of it, all weekend, you can check out Hannity.com. We'll be updating those races that will tip the balance of power in just four short days next Tuesday. Some states allow you to vote over the weekend, vote early, uh, take it. Make it easier on yourself. The lines will be shorter. I expect uh, some states are going to have some big lines. Every race matters. All 435 members of Congress are up. You want the majority. You don't want to hear the words uh, Speaker-elect Nancy Pelosi or Senate Majority-elect Chuck Schumer. Anyway, some of the candidates and some of the tighter races we will get to. That is coming up next. We have a full Hannity tonight. The left-wing media is going insane. They've gone all in now on helping Democrats win on Tuesday. It doesn't surprise me, but it's worse than ever. That's coming up tonight at 9 on Hannity on Fox News. Quick break. Come back. Final hour. We'll look at the candidates and Hannity tonight at 9. Thanks for being with us. One more hour to go. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. As we see in this very quote, that the states are the laboratories of democracy, and then my state, Arizona, is clearly the meth lab of democracy. Um, yeah. And I cannot take credit for that line. Someone at The Daily Show wrote it, but I'm happy to steal it and use it all the time. Are you a Democrat? I am. Proud Democrat? 
I mean, gosh, it's hard to say proud. I don't know that, I'm not sure that people are even proud of parties anymore because I feel like the parties are ugh, not doing a good job. And I want to talk to you about some of the things that I think that you can do to stop your state from becoming Arizona. You know, my state, I was born and raised in Arizona, born and raised in Tucson, near the border. And uh, gosh, when we grew up, I remember in first grade, we learned a song about Arizona because Arizona is the state of the five C's. So cattle, copper, citrus, cotton, and climate. And those were the five things that our state historically made its money off of. But I would add a sixth C. It's called crazy. <laughs> Arizonans are crazy. Not only once, but crazy in a Lindsay Lohan type of way. And it's perfectly fine after 9-11 if Americans want to join the Taliban. You know, the people that want to kill Americans. That's perfectly fine with her. The meth lab of democracy and caught on tape saying, like all the other people that Project Veritas got on tape, lying about who she is, where she stands, trying to present herself as somebody she is not, hiding her true liberalism. And by the way, her opponent, Republican Martha McSally, let's see, 28 years of service to her country, six combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. And while she was out there fighting and serving, uh, as Martha McSally said in one of the debates, well, Kristen Cinema was organizing protests, anti-war protests, in one case, literally, swear to God, all true, with witches wearing pink tutus. You can't make this up. Martha McSally is with us, one of the most important races for the Senate that we have going on. And it looks like the people of Arizona now have been, uh, well, made aware of the radicalism of Kristen Cinema as Martha McSally now is up seven. And uh, but you can't take any state for granted. Uh, she should win by 50. But we'll see what happens on election night. Martha McSally, welcome back. Hey, Sean, thanks for having me back. Really appreciate it. I mean, it's almost been like three weeks, never ending one revealing thing about Kristen Cinema after another. It's I, but I don't think anything's worse than her saying she supports Americans joining the Taliban to fight against us. Absolutely. There's been so many disqualifying things revealed about her over the last weeks. I mean, we knew many of them in the past. Um, but she still has not apologized for saying that it's okay that she had no problem uh, with an American joining the Taliban. And this is while we're over there serving in harm's way. We're getting shot at by the Taliban. No, no, no. Uh, but when you actually, say we're over there, you're talking about you were over there. You were, yeah. you were there. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I commanded an A-10 squadron, uh, and I deployed my squadron from Tucson, Arizona, over to Afghanistan to save and protect American lives on the ground, flying the A-10 Warthog. Uh, and while we were in harm's way, while the Taliban was attacking and their affiliates were attacking Americans, killing Americans, responsible for harboring al-Qaeda, killing 3,000 Americans on 9-11, she still is saying, oh, it's a flippant uh, you know, comment I made out of context. She owes us veterans and all the active duty military and their families and all Americans and Arizonans an apology for that. And, she, and she's refused to do it. Statement. And she even yep. had an opportunity. We played it last night to take back what she has been saying about the people of Arizona that that she wants to vote for that her right. that they're crazy, right. et cetera. And the, the meth lab of democracy. And she wouldn't do it. She just refused she's to. She's refused. Yeah. I'm like, OK, you just want to double down on stupid and, and keep calling the your your potential constituents crazy and nutty and, and in a Lindsay Lohan way. 
Good grief. Well, and here's the thing that's amazing. The Arizona media keeps making excuses for her and defending her, like, oh, that was before. She's changed. But the most recent tape where she's speaking to her out-of-state liberal friends, uh, she's a U.S. Senate candidate, and she is mocking the fact that she got elected in Arizona with a face on her, you know, look on her face, like like total contempt towards the voters. Uh, this, this in and of itself, should have somebody suspend their campaign. I love Arizona. I came to Arizona to be stationed here in the military. I bought a home. I settled down, you know, joined a church and kept asking to come back in Arizona because I care so deeply about this state and our country. And she is so out of the mainstream, Sean. Her entire campaign is raise a lot of money from Chuck Schumer and his allies and then put up a facade on television that hopefully fools the voters while avoiding answering difficult questions. Well, we got the tape of her also when she was caught by Project Veritas and her team. And exactly what you're describing is what is going on behind the scenes in their campaign. They're pretending to be moderate, laughing at the fact that they're fooling the voters of of Arizona. The same tape, by the way, the same thing happened in North Dakota with Heidi Heitkamp. The same thing right. happened with Claire McCaskill and Phil Bredesen. And then we had the, the most bizarre tape in Florida with uh, Gillum, who's running for governor. Um, let me Absolutely. ask you on some positions. Yeah. I'm Look, I like originalists on the Supreme Court. I like lower taxes. I believe in less regulation. I want America to be the energy capital of the entire world, and we're now headed towards energy independence and beyond. Uh, I want America to have a strong national uh, security posture. I believe in peace through strength. Anything there you disagree with? Uh, amen, Sean. I mean, look, that's why I put the uniform on, to protect these freedoms in our way of life. And I voted for all that, working with President Trump, cut taxes, roll back regulations. We must secure our border, enforce our laws. We build our military, strengthen them to keep us safe. And I would have voted for Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, and my opponent was pushed and eventually said she would have voted no. So I am with you on all of those and more. You know, there's three seats that are so important for the Republicans to maintain control in the Senate. And one is Arizona, one is Nevada, and the other is Tennessee. If those three seats are held, your seat's so important. Dean Heller hanging on is so important. Marsha Blackburn winning in Tennessee is so important. Then Rick Scott would be a pickup in Florida. Josh Hawley would be a pickup against Claire McCaskill in Missouri. Heidi Heitkamp, well, we should pick up North Dakota. John Tester can lose. Rosendale is now surging in Montana. We could also pick up Indiana. And there's even an outside shot that we can bring in a state like, oh, New Jersey, which nobody thought would be in play. Absolutely. And that's why this race is so important. We can grow our Senate majority with all those pickups, but we have to keep what we have. And that's why Nevada, Arizona and Tennessee are so crucial. We don't want to win in North Dakota and have it replace you know, Arizona. So we're back to 51-49. And mm-hmm. so we're down to the wire here. A lot of people vote early in Arizona. So we need people to get engaged if they're sitting on the sidelines. They can go to McSally for Senate.com. We need all your listeners across the country. If they can contribute, we need their help to donate so we can fund our get-out-to-vote operation and our last messages. And we need Arizonans, if you're listening. If you voted already, I'm grateful for your vote, but you got to tell your friends and family, your, you know, when you go to worship on Sunday morning or when you go to work today, why you're voting for me, why you're voting for Republicans, uh, and get some more votes for us. And don't sit on the sidelines because... It's so consequential for Arizona. And look, one poll has us up seven, another has us down six, others neck and neck. So please, let's not get complacent. we got to fight for every last vote here.
Well, it's an important race. Uh, I think you'll be a superb senator. And um, I hope the people of Arizona understand what we now have come to know, that Kristen Sinema would be the most radical U.S. Yes. senator ever elected in the country's history. And Absolutely. she's just been trying to hide it from the voters of Arizona, uh, just like we see with Claire McCaskill and Bredesen and, and all these other candidates. So, Martha McSally, thank exactly. you for being with us. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Sean. People can go to McSallyForSenate.com to help us get to victory. I really appreciate all your advocacy, Sean. You're great. Right as we continue following the candidates, uh, we head now to the great state of New Hampshire. Yeah, freedom. Uh, that's the place. Anyway, there is a big fight in the first district of New Hampshire. It's a neck and neck race as we speak. Uh, Eddie Edwards is the guy that I am supporting, and uh, he's going to join us in a second. Here's one of his ads. I'm Eddie Edwards, and I approve this message. My childhood was one that was challenging. That was the hands of my father, uh, beating my mother. Those are the earlier memories I have as a young person growing up. Blue lights and police has been a part of who I am. It shaped me because I felt that they protected my mother. Shortly after my military service, I wanted to be in law enforcement. I've been here for 30 years working in public safety, and I serve every day with pride. I'm running for Congress because I truly believe I can make a difference. All right, that is uh, Eddie Edwards. He joins us now. This is the 1st District in New Hampshire. This is one of our 30 that will tip the balance of power. It's a close race. And uh, I understand you also have the endorsement of Governor John Sununu, who I think the world of, very smart guy and uh, also a great leader in the state of uh, New Hampshire for many years and the country. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, Sean. I, I greatly appreciate it. Yes, yeah, so now you're going to be out and here. about, by the way, and uh, you're going to be having rallies, I guess, all over the weekend. Um, you're going to be at the Manchester Diner. You're going to be at the GOTV rally. And, well, who's the special guest? Are you going to tell us? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to be Governor Sununu. He's going to be joining me there. And that's in Manchester. Be the yeah, and then you're going to also be in Alton, I guess? Yes. Um, you know, uh, look, why, listen, New Hampshire is a tough state for Republicans a lot of times. The people are very independent in New Hampshire, and I respect their independence. Live free or die. And Oh, yes. So what are the issues there that are on their minds, and how are they reacting to the overall assault on Donald Trump 24-7 by all Democrats with, not, with no ideas being given? Well, I, I got to tell you, Sean, you're absolutely right. This is an independent state. And uh, the folks in this district, con Congressional District 1, they voted for the president in 2017. They're supportive of our president. And what they're sick of is the lying and, decept and, and deceptive behavior that they're seeing from the Democrats. Uh, when they talk about lowering health care, that's a huge issue in this state. They understand that they, they have a president, they have a person, a candidate like me running for Congress who wants to protect their pre-existing conditions, who wants but who wants all By the way, the Republican – this is a myth now. Every every Democrat has been told to talk about health care. First of all, they gave us Obamacare. Right. Millions lost right. their doctors, their plans, and they're paying a lot more, not less. And in many right. states – I don't know if that's the case in your district uh, – people have one option and one option only. It has destroyed the health care system. And the right. Republican plan to replace it did protect pre-existing conditions. It, it's a lie that's being told that needs to be corrected. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to do every day because they understand that Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, they've recruited my uh, opponent here to, to go along with the resistance movement in this country. They understand that he's part of that resistance movement. They understand that, that, that bag of tricks of using race, gender, sexual orientation, and ethnicity to divide us hasn't worked. 
So when that doesn't work for them, they go to lying about Republicans. And that's what people are sick of. And what, what I'm very thankful for is that I live in the Granite State. In the Granite State, they select the individual based upon the, the character and integrity of the individual. So that's why you're seeing uh, this race uh, dead, dead even right now. And we're doing really good. And, and so at the end of the day, the voters are going to select the person who represents the value of our district. You know, my opponent has even called for uh, our state model of live free or die going away, like the old man in the mountain. Here. Oh, you got to be and, kidding. Well, slow down. Your opponent yeah. wants the great phrase that defines the great state of New Hampshire, live free or die to go away. Why? Oh, what is the possible? What possible rationale is there for that? Well, he thinks that that is a divisive uh, model. He thinks that keeps oh uh, uh, sensible policies from it being instituted. Right. He doesn't understand the core values of the state. This is live free or die. That means a lot to, to us here in the did they, did he ever hear give me person? liberty or give me death? I mean, right. Uh, right. The, the whole prim- how many Americans gave their blood and their lives and their honor and their fortunes for the concept that men sh- and women should be free in America. Right. And, and, that, and that's why and that's why we love it. And that's why we, we love our veterans here. You know, that's why the, that's why the people in the state are supporting me. I'm a, I'm a veteran. I'm a law enforcement officer. They want someone who understands what it means to stand up for other people. They understand. They want someone who, who's been a proven leader, not someone who wants to get away give away our, our motto, not someone who wants to uh, participate in resistant movements. They want a leader like Edwards for New Hampshire. That's my website, Edwards for New Hampshire. That's what they want. So if voters go there and they check me out, you'll see that the Granite Staters are very supportive of my initiatives, my policies, and, and they value the same things I value. They value family and individuals over government. Well, I'm going to let you go here. This is the first district in New Hampshire, another tipping point this is going to tip the balance of power in this election uh we'll watch we'll watch very closely this is new hampshire's first district and uh people want just go to that website that you were talking about uh and you'll be able to meet up with uh eddie edwards he's going to be with governor sununu this weekend and much more we wish you the best sir thank you for being with us good luck on tuesday thank four you, days Sean. till election really day appreciate it. one yes. of the important now remember if we hold in the senate tennessee if we hold Nevada, Dean Heller, and if Martha McSally holds on, well, every other state we're talking about, Montana and North Dakota and Indiana and Florida, they all become potential pickups for us. And that means, oh, Supreme Court nominees will stop any crazy action if, God forbid, the, the Democrats got the House, which I hope doesn't happen, but it would. Um, anyway, so we'll check in with Rick Scott. He's going to join us. Also, a little race that hasn't been paid attention to. Lou Barletta is now showing signs of life in Pennsylvania, just like Bob Menendez is sinking greatly in the great state of New Jersey. It means that we're going to have a high turnout this election year. Every vote's going to matter all across the country. We'll continue uh, right here. Best election coverage is on The Sean Hannity Show. We're especially proud to be joined by the next United States Senator from Florida, Governor Rick Scott. Great guy. Governor Scott is doing a truly incredible job leading your state's Hurricane Michael response, all of the hurricanes, all of the problems. He takes a problem and he turns it into an asset. He is an unbelievable talent. He works harder than anybody. Together we will ensure 
that Florida comes back stronger than ever, already happening. Rick Scott is one of the best governors in Florida's history. He's considered one of the best governors, maybe the best governor, but one of the very, very top elite governors anywhere in the country. And if elected, he will keep the Florida boom in full swing. All right, 25 now till the uh, top of the hour. Rick Scott now in a dead heat with uh, incumbent Democratic senator, basically the Chuck Schumer of Florida, uh, Bill Nelson. And uh, how are you? Uh, pretty good introduction. Pretty good. Look like a raucous party rally in Florida. How are you, Governor? Guys, that was a lot of fun. Uh, there was a big turnout. Uh, they were clearly very supportive of the president. So it was exciting. I got the first off talk about how well the, the president has done with providing resources after Hurricane Michael. And I talked a little bit about how everybody has come together. They're not asking about party affiliation. They're saying, you know, do you need some water, a tarp, food, generator, and just helping each other. So, you know, it's, we see all this ruckus in these political races, but I can tell you what, there's a lot of nice Americans that are taking care of each other out there. Every time any American ever suffers, I mean, the government is there. How is the recovery going in the panhandle? First off, uh, Sean, it was horrible hurricane. It was about you know, what, 30 mile wide, 150 mile an hour tornado that went straight through the state, stayed at 150 mile an hour before it got out of the state, 14 foot of storm surge. So places like Mexico Beach just got demolished. But uh, Mexico Beach already has its power back on. We're down to about 5,000 homes and businesses without power. And it was devastating to our timber timber industry and a lot of the trees down. But people are coming back and there's people from all over the country coming down and helping. Schools are opening. And some of the counties that got hit, of course, they're very poor counties. And so this is really devastating to their job market. Now, you've done a great job. How many million jobs have you brought to Florida? And I know you came up to New York frequently to appeal to New York businesses and were very successful in drawing them down to Florida. How many jobs total since you've been governor? Well, first off, Governors Cuomo and Malloy have been great for Florida. The, <laughs> I send thank you notes every so often. that they, I just wanted to keep raising taxes and increasing regulation because more companies are coming down here. We've added 1,650,000 jobs. Uh, and putting that in perspective, the four years before I got elected, the state lost 832,000. 32,000 jobs. And so this has been a big turnaround. So it's been exciting. And we have, when you do that, your revenues go up. It allowed me to cut $10 billion of taxes, pay off over $10 billion of the debt, um, and have have surplus after surplus and have record funding for education, for the environment, for transportation, the things that families care about. What's the difference between you and Bill Nelson? Why would it be better to vote for Rick Scott than for Ben Nelson, who's been there, I think he's about 100 years old now. How long has he been there? <laughs> he's been there 42 years. He's been there. He's a career politician. So here's the difference. Step one, I'm a business guy uh, that wants to work. He's a career politician that doesn't show up for work. I want to grow the American economy, and that's what we've done here. I want to do the same thing and help uh, President Trump do that nationally. He wants to grow the, uh, the size of government. I'm for lower debt. I paid off almost a third of the state debt in Florida. When he got elected, we had about $600 billion of the federal debt. Now I think we have $21 trillion. I uh, want to cut taxes. Uh, he's, he's voted for higher taxes over 300 times. I know we have to secure a border. He's for open borders. He's, he's, he's fine with... I mean, he's uh, signed on to Dianne Feinstein's bill that basically is, if you get to our border, we're going to release you and help you mm-hmm. come back. I like jobs. He's never created a job. He's never run anything in his life. He has no plans. 
I put out a very detailed plan how to, how to change the country. And I believe in term limits. And, of course, he can't believe in term limits because he's been there forever. Yeah, well, of course not. You know, I just think the most important thing now is, I mean, I like the way the direction of the country's headed. And I like lower taxes. I like less regulation. I like energy independence. I like a country where we have more freedom, less government. I do think we need a, a border wall. Do you agree with the border wall? Would, do you think it needs to be fully funded? We've got to secure the border. People can talk about how they're going to which ways to do it, and I'm sure you can do some of it through a wall, some of it through technology. But we've got to know who's coming to our country. You know, there's people who want to harm us, and we've got to, we've got to be able to stop that. We need to that who's coming into our country. So we've got to we've got to secure our borders, and and we have to come up with an immigration policy that works. Our Congress has been derelict in this. They don't solve any problems. They just keep passing the buck, and then we sit there, and presidents have to. You know, take action, whether it's secure a border or deal with DACA's or, or, or a lot of things like that. What you know, one of the things I think the economy's turned around. We had eight years of Democratic policies, the policies that Bill Nelson voted for, and it ended up in a bit of a catastrophe. Um, um, what do you think of the turnout numbers, the early numbers that have been coming in, absentee and voting early? What, how do they look for you? But Sean, right now they're good. We're up about 60, a little over 60,000 Republican voters versus Democrats. And if you go back to 2016, at this point, uh, there were way more Democrats voted than Republicans. So there's, right now there's no blue wave. It doesn't appear there will be. Um, but we still, we got to get our votes in. Um, so if you have, if you got an absentee ballot, fill it out and get it in. You can vote in any county right now in the state early. And so get out there and vote. Don't don't take a chance that something happens that you're not available to vote on Election Day. So in the end, my races, the polls always said I would lose, uh, but I won. And I won because people showed up to vote. And, that, and I just tell people, don't waste your right to vote. Get out there, vote. Take your friends with you to vote. Make sure that, that um, you know, we continue what we've accomplished here in Florida the last eight years. And Ron DeSantis will do a good job as governor. Uh, we've got to help these, these guys get elected. You know, it's such a hard thing. I mean, these elections get very tough. Mid-years are a lot tougher, but certainly there's a good one-two punch. You laid a great foundation for Ron DeSantis if he can become the next governor of Florida. I think a 40% business tax would be a disaster for the citizens of Florida. And I also think that you moving to Washington would be a, a great addition. I hope the great people of Florida see the wisdom in voting for both of you. And if not, I may have to consider moving to Texas and, and leaving uh, Southwest Florida my second home. Well, I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, I, I believe we're going to win. I'm going to win our Senate race. I believe Ron DeSantis is going to win his race. He was at the Trump rally uh, last night also and did a good job. I grew up in a very poor family. I don't know my dad. I lived in public housing. I know the importance of a job. If you do what Andrew Dillon wants to do and you raise taxes the way he wants to, jobs are going away. And then what happens? There's less money for education, less money for the environment, less money for transportation. But the biggest thing is people need a job. They need to have self-sufficiency. That's what they want. Well, I think that's what works. It's been proven to work. It's worked uh, in the two terms you've served as governor. I think it'd be great in Washington, an, an incredible addition. And uh, I wish you well. I wish Ron DeSantis well. And I hope the people of Florida... They can vote every day up until Election Day, as I understand it. I hope the people in the panhandle, uh, we always appreciate you being on, Governor. Thanks for uh, being with us. Thanks, Sean. Four days to go. Quick break. We'll come back. Big Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Please join us. You're going to love the show on the Fox News Channel. All right, as we continue four days out now of our candidate coverage today, one race has not gotten a lot of attention that really does deserve it. If you remember, one of the big changes in 2016 was the great state of Pennsylvania, uh, and again, you have Pat Toomey, who is a senator now, two terms for him. Rick Santorum is from there. Uh, you have Lou Barletta of Pennsylvania is running 
for Senate. Pretty contentious state of Pennsylvania in a contentious race that seems to be closing some. And Barletta knows what is important about Pennsylvania, having served as a congressman and a mayor before that. What's going on with you? And I don't think your opponent has done very much in the state of Pennsylvania, has he? Well, he's done a lot for the people of California and the people of New York, but not too much for the people here in Pennsylvania. Uh, this this race, Sean, has been under the radar uh, throughout the uh, entire campaign, and, and that's good because that's exactly what happened uh, when Pennsylvania voted for Donald Trump. The, the polls had Donald Trump down uh, 12 points at this time in 2016, just four or five days before the election. They also had Pat Toomey down 12 points a few days before the election, and and both won. And I, I actually feel the same thing's happening here. This could be the shocker of the night uh, on Tuesday night. Well, if you look at Bob Casey, you know, once again siding with Washington liberals like Chuck Schumer. What does he have, like a 90% Chuck Schumer voting record for Pennsylvania? That does not represent uh, the Pennsylvania that voted for Trump. No, not even not even close. He he voted against Kate's law twice. He supports sanctuary cities. Uh, uh, he supports catch and release. He's against the tax cuts. I mean, everything uh, you know that you would want in a senator from California or a liberal state. He is there. He would be a leader there. And and uh, you know he was once pro life. He let people down here in Pennsylvania. His father was a champion for life, as you know, as a governor. And and. Uh, and Bob Jr. has a 100% voting record from Nayroll, voting for uh, you know um, abortion rights. Uh, he, he well, he claimed to be said, pro-life, uh, didn't he? He he claims to be pro. He still does. I, I don't know how you could be both. Uh, it, he he yeah, he was endorsed by Planned Parenthood. Took took money from Planned Parenthood, and and uh, you know he let the people down. He he uh, was supposed to protect our Second Amendment. That's what he said. He doesn't. Uh, he's just completely leading the resistance in Washington. And, and I could tell you, as I've been traveling Pennsylvania, even Democrats are, are quietly saying that they're not going to vote for him on Tuesday. Yeah, well, Pennsylvania, obviously, it's also a state that has prospered because of natural gas production that seems to only be growing, correct? <laughs> that, we could be a state among nations, Sean, here, you know, with the natural gas that we have in southwestern PA and, and up in the northern t- uh, counties of, of Pennsylvania. And now the, the rebirth of, of coal again, thanks to President Trump. And lo and behold, we have a senator in a state like that. And that also the steel industry has been revitalized and steel has yeah. been revitalized for Pennsylvania, which is amazing. That's it has. And, and, and you know, he's just uh, not right. He's just he he's lost his way. He went to Washington and, and lost his way. So, um, again, I, this race has been real quiet, but I think you'll you're going to be surprised. And so will other people at Pennsylvania. They're not disappointed. Donald, they voted for Donald Trump and he hasn't done anything to disappoint those uh, those Democrats and union workers who are are very happy with the economy right now. And look at the numbers today. Yeah, well, we wish you all the best. Lou Barletta uh, could be a race that people haven't been paying attention to, but I do think Pennsylvania's economic boom is in large part connected to the policies of Donald Trump, and hopefully the people of Pennsylvania understand that uh, the party of Casey is the party that would have resisted and stopped all of that economic growth and success that we've been been experiencing in uh, Pennsylvania, which the people of Pennsylvania definitely deserve. All right, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Lou Barletta, Pennsylvania. Sorry, as w- sorry I need people to go on LouBarletta.com. Help me down down this stretch. We, we need a, a little push here for the next couple of days, and uh, we could send Bob home. All right, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Lou Barletta, Pennsylvania, running for Senate, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. 
you want to be a part of the uh, program. Junior or Jr. in North Carolina. What's up, Jr.? How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. What's happening? Hey, I just want to say, don't let your heart be troubled. Uh, this is my prediction for next Wednesday. Yeah. Some of the headlines. Some of the headlines will say red tsunami. Uh, and I, I, the, uh, the GOP will hold the House, and I think we're going to be shocked at how much they gain in the Senate, five to nine seats. Listen, I'm not, I think this is, in the age of Trump, it's too hard to determine. Polls, and if you believe in any of the conventional wisdom that is so wrong in 2016, it would be the opposite. My attitude is act and play as though you're behind and it's the fourth quarter and you need to win the game for your team. And if everybody looks at it that way, the turnout could be high. If everyone gets out and vote, we win. If you don't, well, then we're going to get the government we deserve. It's either going to be you keep the Senate and you get seats and Democrats get the House. That would be a split decision or we get it all or they get it all. There's only three outcomes you're going to have. Thanks for the call. Bill Winter Park, Florida, next on the Sean Hannity Show. What's going on? How are you, Bill? Hey, Sean. Uh, My concern is that no commentator has reminded the public that if Nancy Pelosi becomes speaker, she becomes second in line for the presidency. Then if she were successful in impeaching President Trump, she would only be one heartbeat away from becoming the president of the United States. That thought frightens me, and I believe every commentator on the right should be telling the public that they know how important this is to keep a Republican House. Listen, I, I, you're right in what you say, and yeah, the speaker's third in line to be president. God forbid something happens to the president or the vice president of the United States. Um, but I think more importantly, and a greater danger is, well, you have Maxine Waters pledging revenge on Wall Street as the head of the Finance Services Committee. The same thing with the head of the House Intel Committee, Adam Schiff. You know, he wants to go back and have another 10-year investigation into phony Trump-Russia collusion. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Four days to go. When we come back, it'll be the day before Election Day, Election Eve. And we'll be on tonight, 9 Eastern Hannity. We're not taking off. We're fighting to the end. We have a little surprise about where we will be coming from on Monday. It won't be New York. And there's a reason. We'll tell you tonight at the end of Hannity. Or sometime at the beginning of Hannity. At some point tonight. 9 Eastern. We'll see you tonight. We'll see you on Monday from an unknown land as of now. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend. And if you can vote early, vote early. And it's a big day, big week next week. Super Bowl time. Hey, as spring unfolds, the warmer breezes, guess what? It is time to embrace the comfort of your own backyard. And I have found a game changer for your home oasis. It's the Michael Phelps Swim Spa by Master Spas. Now, this is the ultimate two-for-one deal. You get a luxurious hot tub that meets an elite exercise pool that you'll love. This is not just relaxation. It is a first-class experience in the privacy of your own space. Just go to masterspas.com, enter the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner for up to $1,000 off your Master Spa. Exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand that I trust. That's masterspas.com. You know, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, they support America's greatest heroes. 
U.S. service members and first responders that die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty, and they help our homeless vets as well. Now, these are the heroes that we all owe a debt of gratitude to. Now, the foundation's gold star, their fallen first responders, smart home, homeless veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women that risk their lives and their bodies for our country and our communities. Now, the foundation's never forget programs. They engage people in 9-11 remembrances all across the country with over 80 runs and walks and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues. They have their Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute to educate our kids K-12 through about America's darkest day, all while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. Anyway, we hope you'll join all of us here at Team Hannity and commit to 11 bucks a month so they can continue this great work. Go to their website, the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.